welcome to Let's Talk About Brands. I, of course, am your host, Christine Gritman. Today's show is something, as often with Let's Talk About Brands, something that I personally am really excited about. Today's show is about building your brand with speaking. And our guest, Bree Williams, she helps people from a couple different directions. She helps people who are great at their jobs. They're experts at keeping their head down and doing the work, but they're ready to take that bigger stage in their personal career and their personal brand. And then she works with people like me, honestly, who have spoken on some stages but are really ready to make a business of it. And she shares so much gold in this episode. Bree shares what people have to work on in order to get to that point where they can take the stage, when and how they know that they're ready to do so. That's a huge one. How to actually take it from something that you get to do occasionally to actually building a business that sustains itself, how to keep getting those gigs, how to get those paid gigs. And then, of course, how to make sure these aren't just one-off things that you're doing, but these speaking gigs are actually helping to build your brand and your brand helps to get those gigs to happen. So branding and speaking really do have this beautiful symbiotic relationship. Branding is a great tool to help your speaking. Speaking is a great tool to help your branding. And this, of course, is the part that I geek out on the most. So Brie Williams really brings so many wonderful, actionable tips for any of you listening to this, whether you're someone who's in a corporate environment and you're not taking stages at the moment, but you are thinking about how to build your professional brand a bit more, this could be an avenue you want to consider. Or maybe you're someone like me, you have a brand, you do speak, you're just ready to take it to the next level. Whichever area you're coming from on this interview with Brie Williams is definitely going to help you out. Very excited about it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This week's topic is something certainly near and dear to my heart. One of the things that has really helped me build my own personal brand has been speaking like I'm doing to you right now on a podcast, speaking on live streams, and very much speaking on stages. So this week's guest knows all about speaking, just like I'm always talking about brand. She's always speaking about speaking. Brie Williams is a speaker coach. She works with professionals who are ready to leverage speaking to get to that next level in their career visibility. And she also works with entrepreneurs to build speaking businesses. So we've definitely got the right expert today to talk about building your brand with speaking. And I'm going to have a lot to add to this discussion as well. <laughs> Without any further ado, let's bring on our guest, Bree Williams. Come on down. Love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're right used to like applause being on stages. <laughs> Had to make you feel at home. Thank you. Really Thank happy you to be 
You've even got this spotlight here. That's what the whole visual layout of the YouTube version of the podcast is supposed to be. It's your spotlight. And speaking of spotlights, you help people step into theirs. So I'd love to hear just the background of that, how you made speaking your thing. I'm a very unlikely speaking coach. Honestly, I was a super shy child and probably didn't start speaking up until I got into my professional career because I found that it was the best way to put my ideas forward, to have the opportunity to uh, be chosen for different initiatives or exercises or opportunities. And I found that as I was able to do this for myself, I then found myself in situations where people are asking me questions about it, asking for advice. And I thought, why don't I do this? <laughs> it happened organically. And it's one of the things that has actually helped me in my own career before I started my business. I was a manager. I was helping my team members get different opportunities. And then I had the chance to start formally teaching presentation skills, helping professionals prepare for events, and also then turning my hand to paid speaking as I started my own business. So it really all, it all kept on coming back to speaking. So it felt natural to look at how I could leverage that from a business point of view as well. Now you help people from all sorts of backgrounds do speaking and to do different things with speaking. I'd like to focus first on the professionals on, as you mentioned, people who are maybe great at their jobs, they do their thing, but they haven't taken the stage yet, both literally and figuratively. They haven't really taken that extra step into developing their personal brand and their industry thought leadership, both of which speaking is such an incredible tool for. So I'd love to hear from you, first of all, how does someone know that they're ready for that? And how do you get them ready for that stage of their career where they're not just keeping their head down and doing an amazing job at their job? but they're ready to actually step on a stage and talk to other people and share their knowledge with others. How do they know they're ready and how do you get them ready? One of the common misbeliefs that I come up against when I'm working with people is that they think that their work speaks for itself. And the reality is it does not. It would be so nice if it did, but we have to elevate our own achievements, our own thought leadership, the contributions that we make within our organization, or indeed, if you run your own business, being able to speak to the value you can provide potential customers so that you can connect more directly with those that you want to in your audience, whether that's a boardroom or whether that is indeed a big stage industry event, or even in your team meetings, if you're in the office or virtual meetings, mostly nowadays. So it really is that step up that a lot of people need at a certain point. So if someone's listening into this and they think, actually, maybe speaking is something that I should be doing, typically you're going to be really good at what you're doing and you've probably been doing it for a while. Perhaps you are asked to step up and make contributions in team meetings or indeed run presentations or in-house training, that sort of thing. And perhaps that fills you with dread. <laughs> uh, maybe that isn't your favorite thing to do. I often work with experts who would much rather be in their comfort zone, which is deeply in the middle of the presentation, talking about the things they know, but they're not always comfortable in talking about themselves during introductions and conclusions to presentations. So the 
very much comfortable in their subject matter expertise, but not always in the things that go around that whether that be an elevator pitch, an intro, where they have to talk about their own achievements. Typically the parts that are more personal, more about them, or potentially selling big ideas, that can be some of the more challenging areas for the folks that I work with. So you know that you're ready for this if you are being asked already, if someone's tapped you on the shoulder to say, listen, we'd really love you to come to this industry event and speak on a panel. And the time to start thinking about your speaking skills and how you're going to put that together is if you're feeling dread in the pit of your stomach or if you're feeling excitement. Either way, you want your speaking to be as professional as you are, to really shine a light on your expertise and to be clearly communicating to the people who can benefit the most from what you've got to say. I love how you said you know that it's time to do it when people start tapping you on the shoulder. That's really responsible for me being here to begin with. I was a journalist and people started asking me to give talks on social media. And I thought, I don't know anything about social media. Why are they asking me? And then I realized once I actually did it, I realized, first of all, they knew a lot less than I thought that they did. So I actually did have knowledge to bring. And second of all, I realized I'm actually interested in learning about this. So if I feel like I don't know enough, let's go learn it. But I would not have had that moment. I would have just thought that the things that I did and the things that I knew, a lot of what I was doing that they wanted from me also was what I now know is personal branding. I was just doing it. I didn't think it was anything special until people were tapping me on the shoulder and saying, hey, I think you have something to say here. Can you please say it for my group or for me? And I think that happens a lot. We just do what we're doing. We stay in our lane. We do stuff. And we don't really think of ourselves as someone to particularly bring something special to the table until someone else recognizes it. Because we're just in it. We're just in there doing the work. We don't typically say, describe ourselves as social media experts or public speaking experts until someone gives us that. Which is how it should be. Label. <laughs> in order to make it easier to describe what we do. But I think you, the things that I really resonate with what you said is that a lot of this can feel like common sense to you. It may not feel like expertise, but when someone else is asking you to bring that to another audience, you know that you've got something of value there. So firstly, that's a great starting point. The second thing to consider is what do my audience know about this and, and how different is that to, to what I know? So you can consider their starting point. What's the information that's going to be most relevant to them? And typically, we need to dial back the level of detail. Oftentimes, if you're being asked to bring a topic to a particular audience and they won't have the same background as you, they won't have the same level or depth of knowledge and that's really what thought leadership and being a speaker who is sharing thought leadership is all about. You may have quite a narrow focus, but a huge depth of knowledge. And so really considering how you can make those big ideas pop when you're speaking so that you are not overwhelming your audience with a bunch of details, but you're going to connect with them and pique their interest and their curiosity for them to want to know more. Because of course, as a speaker, there's always more. <laughs> there's always another opportunity to engage your audience with Q&A, with another speaking opportunity, with a book that you've written, with posts that you've written. So it's about the beginning of a conversation and typically the start of a journey that your audience can take with you from there. 
your point about fewer bigger ideas is so key. It's something I'm trying to learn myself because I'm sure especially people who are coming from more of a professional background and especially people who feel unready, there's this idea of, oh, I want to make sure I give them value. I want to make sure that they leave feeling like they actually learned something. I want to make sure I actually did something. And so we pack all this stuff in, not recognizing that it's not about how many bullet point ideas there are. It's about how many big ideas, big useful ideas sink in. That's certainly something I'm trying to learn myself as I try to build more of a speaker business, which brings us to that part. Besides the corporates who, you know, they're good at their job and now they're stepping up into their professional life in a different way. There's people who are maybe they're consultants or solopreneurs, or they already have some level of thought leadership out there. They've done some speaking, but it's been mostly a brand building exercise. And now they're ready to say, you know what? I've done the free opportunities that have gotten me on stage just to get my name out there. I'm ready to actually build a business around this and to make this not just something that leads to business, but that is a business in and of itself. So first of all, what position do people tend to come from when they work with you? Because I've just made a big assumption that they've been doing speaking as a brand building opportunity more than as a business, but maybe they're new also. So tell me a little bit about where those people come from who are ready specifically to build a speaker business. So some people speak to market their business and they sit in that lane and they don't deviate. It really is a marketing exercise. So this could be industry events where you aren't paid to speak, but you are attending the conference and you're able to speak on stage. It could be live streams, podcasts, these sorts of things. So it's a marketing exercise. Many people don't do that even. So there's a huge opportunity if you're listening in, you want to grow your business and you have explored some of the more traditional organic, you know, connecting with people on social media, using email, these sorts of things. And if you're not already speaking, that would be the number one place to, to start because your reach can be so much greater really quickly when you start thinking about speaking to market your business. However, that's not what you ask. The thing that you want to know is at what point are we ready to get paid to speak? And the ideas that we picked up on the previous point about having a signature talk or talks. And so I would suggest that for people starting out, the common issue is that they want to talk about all different things and be all things to all people, even if it's within their wheelhouse. If you come from an educator background, Maybe you have been a trainer for hire. So you're used to saying, oh, yeah, I can talk about that. The A to Z or A to Z, depending on where you come from, of your particular industry could feel comfortable to you. However, if you're wanting to build a, a speaking business, you're going to have to build your brand as a speaker. And that means constraints are actually very useful in terms of picking one to three topics that you're going to start pitching. And so you may not have even created the talk yet, but a couple of topics that you start pitching for paid opportunities and then see what gets you the gig. Build out your talk based on where interest is coming in the market, because of course, you may think that one topic in particular is like the absolute bomb and, and what you need people to be hearing about, but the market will tell you. So testing out a couple of different topics, developing the ones that get you booked, and then setting up a process around outreach, 
research, follow up, so that you are treating this as a business, not just something that might happen by chance or chance, depending on where you're from. And a really interesting statistic is that around 67% of speakers, so nearly two thirds of speakers surveyed in SpeakerFlow's state of the industry report last year were saying that their business comes primarily from referrals. So if we're thinking about like cold pitching, if we're thinking about just doing an email blast or connecting with a bunch of people on LinkedIn and then putting them through a sequence, like that's all cool. But just knowing the fact that most of the jobs that you will get will come from turning that one stage into another stage based on talking to people. I think that makes it much more approachable and also within the wheelhouse of people who like to speak. Because we like people generally, we're pretty good at building relationships, creating some systems and some intentionality around the processes before, during and after each and every gig will help you get more gigs. That is so huge. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And that already answers a question that I was going to ask, which is people wonder how they get on those stages and how they get speaker gigs. And also a lot of what you said reminds me of a book that I had referred to me, The Referrable Speaker by Andrew Davis and Michael Port. And it's funny, I took the stage at an event in Dublin last year. And after doing that, I was talking to some friends who are farther along in their careers than I am, but who have seen my career build this whole time. And I said, I've reached the summit of what I can do just based on natural ability and winging it. I need to start really working at this. And I'd like to start actually working at this and getting better and making a business of it. And they said, you have to read this book. And it's really funny because I opened it and the people who had told me to read it were Andrew and Pete. And look who's in the first chapter, Andrew and Pete. <laughs> And then Anne Handley was also mentioned in the first chapter. And Anne Handley is another of my speaker idols for sure. And again, one of the co-authors of the book was Drew Davis, who himself is an incredible speaker. But one of the things that they talked about is they said that core talk, just like you said, people feel like they need to have a whole bunch of different talks that they put together, customized for each person, for each event, for each audience. But it really is about having that signature talk or a couple of signature talks, but really honing in on, here's what I do. Other people hear it and they say, that's really great. You know who could use that? And then that's how it builds. Oh, I love that so much. So to get to the topic of the show is how to make sure that these things build your brand. 
So it's one thing to build your presentation skills, to figure out what you want to speak about intelligently, to hone that talk down, to get it in front of people. But how do you make sure that your speaking isn't just a one-off moment in people's heads? Because one thing I say about brand building is if you're not building a brand, one brand exposure to you plus another brand exposure to you, if that's not memorable, that's not one plus one equals two. That's not a build like that. It's one and it's one. They stand alone. So how can you make sure that the speaking that you do is in fact building your brand and or make sure that your brand is going to then serve and get people to want to have you speak? What is that relationship there and what can you do to make sure that this isn't just a business building exercise, but it is in fact a brand building function? Mm. So I think one of the important things that I'm sure you've spoken about this in other podcasts is around the messaging and be doing some exploration before you decide on what you want to speak about and what you want to be known for because repetition, right? If you are going to get bored with that topic, if you feel like you're going to run out of steam in terms of the depth that you want to go to in terms of that topic, you're not going to stick with to really picking something that you're passionate about, that you would be happy to be a student of for the next forever, or at least the next little while, so that you can really be in love with the idea of your topic. Your audience are going to feel that. And also the way that you speak about that and your thought leadership, so really lending a different lens or perspective to a topic that no doubt someone else has covered before, but really bringing your unique perspective because we are all snowflakes, right? We are all unique in that there is no one that will speak about public speaking in the same way, the exact same way as I do, because I started studying as a counselor. I went into HR. I was a super shy kid. I went into, I've got all these different experiences and formal qualifications, everything is going to be different than someone else speaking about on the tin, the same topic, right? So really mining your stories, your personal experience, and looking at what really lights you up about that particular topic. Because if you are successful with this speaking business, you're going to be doing that a lot. <laughs> you are going to be talking about the same topic. So it, it's really important that you feel excited about it and also that if who wants to hear from you on this topic. So if you are, and there are lots of different audiences out there, I tend to speak more to corporate audiences, so larger organizations, oftentimes in financial services, pharmaceutical big businesses, and I know what that audience typically wants to hear, the oftentimes analytical engineers, subject matter experts who are deeply technical, but don't always see the importance of communication or don't always have a natural jumping off point. So I know what the challenges are that they typically want to overcome at different um, milestones in their careers. So understanding the audience that you best connect with, that you love serving and who wants to hear from you as well would be the next step. And really just honing in on the brand side of things, everything that you do that's outside of that topic that you're really passionate about and that's outside of that audience that you can best serve is diluting your brand experience. Okay. So the more that we can stay in our lane, 
put the blinkers on. Even if you say, I'm not going to do this forever, but I'm solely going to focus on trying to serve this audience with one or two topics for the next six months and see where that gets me. Because this is all for anyone who's got a marketing background. A lot of this is testing, refining, honing, getting that message more and more powerful every time you deliver it. And so you really do have to be prepared to stick to it for some time at least. And I'm going to say at least six months. Now, when people are starting to really take their speaking seriously, a lot of gigs are happening. A lot of times they want to put together those kind of branded things like a speaker page, like a one pager that they can send to people. Some of them have a speaker kit, which has different headshots and a bio and all of that stuff. Do you work with people on those things and whether you help them with it or not, what do you feel is actually useful to have in your sort of back pocket to be ready if you are going to be making speaking more of a professional thing? So you've named a couple of those things already. You're always going to need a couple of professional headshots because those will be used to market your talk. You will need a bio. Around 100 words is great. Sometimes you'll be asked for a longer version of that, but often, if anything, they want less words to fit into a specific space on a web page or on printed materials. So a 100-word bio, headshots, the couple of topics that are your signature talks, they're going to be the things that get you going. If you even look at doing the speaking to market your business, you'll need similar things, links to all of your social, your website. A speaker reel, I would say, is going to be something that you can actively work towards. You can't have footage of you speaking live on stage until you've done that thing. <laughs> so considering what type of speaking opportunities serve where you are in your journey is also a great exercise. So perhaps you want to work towards paid speaking. However, being on the right stage with the right audience in, a, in an environment where you can gather video footage, photographs, a testimonial from a host, from the audience, perhaps that's the point that you're at right now and that will help serve your next step. So just thinking through what the roadmap is from where you're starting from. But at the very least, you're going to need those marketing assets to secure any sort of gig. And if you have them ready, you're much more likely to apply or reach out to someone and ask the question than if you're still thinking about it. And at the very least, just get yourself an Excel spreadsheet to capture some of those essential details so you can track your journey, essentially, see where you're up to with things and make sure you follow up. Love it. All right. So final tips. You've worked with people coming from all sorts of places towards getting ready to step on that stage in a bigger, bolder way. So what are maybe three commonalities that you see that people struggle with in your quick tips for getting through that? So the two starting points that I typically see are people who are confident to speak, but don't always have the structure for finding those opportunities, securing them, following up and the system side of things. And then on the other side, I would say the other type of person that I typically see is someone who doesn't yet have that idea of the value that they can bring. They know they have expertise or they're coming into that awareness, but they haven't yet figured out that there's a real audience for that. So finding the right audience and the match for what you do, just know that there is somebody who will appreciate and value what you can bring. And if you're looking to develop your career or your business, 
really the number one way for people to get to know you, to understand the value that you can bring, and also to build that trust is through speaking. They can hear you. They can see your style. They can appreciate your energy, your engagement, your expertise. And so if you're not already speaking, go ahead and find the stage that's a good fit for you and just get started. And everyone started on their first speaking gig and you have to do those first couple before you get to 10 speaking engagements down, 100 speaking engagements down. And we all have to start from the same spot. So if you're thinking about it and you want to know whether it's worth it, I would say absolutely. Just find the stage that's right for you. It's such a great point that everyone has to get started. There's some people who we see on stages and writing books and these amazing thought leaders, and we don't realize they weren't born into that. They had to get there. They had to start from nothing, really, and build that up for themselves bit by bit. They had stuff to get over, too, (laughs) and they did it, and it's admirable. All right, so Bree Williams, where can people find you? Why should they find you and what will they find there? So I love to connect with people on LinkedIn. I very often share uh, tips, ideas, opportunities there. And I, if I challenge anyone, if you are thinking about getting into speaking, but you don't know how to find opportunities or you've had a look around and you don't know what's right for you, reach out. I will find, if you can't find a speaking gig for yourself in the next week, I'll help you do that because there are so many opportunities out there and there is an opportunity for everyone who wants to speak out there. So (laughs) come and hit me up on LinkedIn. If you can't find that opportunity for yourself, I'd be very happy to help. Ah, love it. Thank you so much, Brie Williams. And this was especially useful to me too. Honestly, oftentimes, episodes of this show are really stuff I need to educate myself on. And this was certainly one of those. So thank you so much for sharing your brilliance and your expertise with the Let's Talk About Brand audience and with me. (laughs) Pleasure. Thank you. And thank you so much for being here and listening to Let's Talk About Brand on your podcast player of choice or watching us here on YouTube. Every single week, I'm here with the Adweek Podcast Network, dropping the podcast on Monday and the YouTube video on Friday. Oh, hey, and in between, I want to hear your topic. I want to hear you talk about branding with speaking. And so every Tuesday, I host Chat About Brand over on Twitter, which is your opportunity to weigh in on the week's topic. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube, and hop on Twitter on Tuesdays. Thanks so much for being here. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcast. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.